In this episode of Fictional Hangover, we talk about our school days, tooting trombones, and precious and delightful chicken soup in our discussion of Heartstopper, Volume 1 by Alice Oseman. Hey everybody, welcome to Fictional Hangover, a podcast about young adult and new adult books, series, authors, and voice actors that is full of spoilers. I'm Amanda. And I'm Claire. And today we're going to discuss Heartstopper, Volume 1 by Alice Oseman. Standard disclaimer, if you haven't read this book or watched the series on Definitely. Netflix, yes, yes, yes. Please remember that Fictional Hangover is all about spoilers. If you haven't read and or watched and don't want to be spoiled, stop listening to us and go read the book or watch the series, then come back. If you haven't done this one, watch pretend that you have, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you just like the show so much that you don't care about any of that, then listen up. I haven't watched the show yet, so... Spoilers for me too, I guess. I binged it. It's spoilers for volume one and volume two. I haven't read volume two yet either. I have it checked out now though. Well, I I read all of these in one session. I know you did. I know. (laughs) I read volume three when I probably shouldn't have after we recorded one evening. Night, middle of the night, early morning. Early morning. Early morning. (laughs) The owls were hooting, (laughs) the stars were out, and I was buried nose deep in a book. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) No, I've only read the first one. I haven't watched anything. You know, we have this, like, thing where you get mad at me if I read into future books and then get excited and then am unable to tell you things. And look at you're doing it to me now. Honestly, I wasn't going to. I was. I have that. That rule is there for me as well. I was like, right. It's the same with the Suki books for Vampire Book Club. I will only read up until we have the episode, and then I will not let myself read the next one until after Vampire Book Club, in case I start going, oh yes, and then spew mm-hmm. the spoilers while we're having mm-hmm. our chat. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't not. I am obsessed. I freaking. Nick and Charlie, I need them in my life. I just, I adore them with my entire being. So I'm going to be very gushy about this entire thing all the way through. So you're going to have to deal with that. Um, it's not my problem, it's your problem. And I just, I couldn't not. I just couldn't not. And then I might have accidentally been on Netflix and accidentally binged the entire series in one sitting. <laughs> I'm not sorry. No, I, you're not. I... You're not sorry at all. Look, if, if people could see your face, they would know. So every, <laughs> everyone needs to join our Patreon so they can see your face. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> well, don't spoil anything for me. I mean, No, it, I'm not going to. I'm honestly, not going it's okay to. if you do, too, though, at the same time. But I try not to. And, you know, maybe if it's not just for me, maybe it's for everyone else. Do you care about anyone else other than me? I, I well, no. yeah, no, no, no there are, there are. Uh, However, I have a feeling they've already read them all. Yeah, you're them probably well. right. I know. So, <laughs> we're late to the party. We are very late to the we party. Are. But yeah. in all fairness, on Instagram, Amy McCall, friend of the show, 
has also only just picked up Heartstopper and found it. Okay. So, so we're fine. We're in good company. We are. It's fine. It's fine. It is. Anywho, let's let's Anywho. crack into this. Do you have any background info? Yes, I read an article on BuzzFeed UK, and they asked Alice, as a 20-something queer woman, what originally motivated you to pen a romance story about two queer teenage boys? And I really like her answer, especially the second half of it. But her answer Mm -hmm. is, well, I'm a writer of teen fiction. Outside of Heartstopper, I've written four young adult novels, which are all about teens who are mostly queer. That's always been the type of story I enjoy writing. What appeals to me about teen stories is how emotional they can be, as well as the focus on growth and relationships and character development. Like, it's so good. It's so sweet. And, like, this is what people need to be reading. Yes. And it's okay to be a grown-up and read teen stuff. It is. It really is. It just... All all YA fiction to me highlights is that the protagonist is a young adult. That's it. The emotional turmoil and what they deal with is phenomenal. And also, going into Heartstopper, there is an emotional maturity... And there's a lot of lessons that adults could learn from these yes. teenagers. Yes. And we're, we're definitely going to get into it as we just like highlight it within our discussion. Yes, we but, are. But yeah, I think you, you, you've that is a perfect piece of background information. Yeah, I like it. I was pleased with it. Cool. I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be talking about this book. <laughs> What's your I... initial thoughts? Well, I'm... I'm excited to read it because you're excited about it. But I'm also excited to read it because literally everyone is reading it at the library right now. It is just hot off the press. Like it's everybody huge. needs to get it. It's huge. The holds mm-hmm. lists are forever long. And I have multiple library cards. We all know this. And every single library, the holds list is like, it's ridiculously long. Yeah. For every format that this book is available in. So I'm just glad that I was able to get it and read it before we discussed it on the show. <laughs> I I looked earlier in the year for us to do it when I found out there was a Netflix. Yeah. Um, because I have picked it up several times in the geek shops mm-hmm. um, under the queer fiction section because it's mm-hmm. always highlighted. Of course. Um, and I checked the library cards I have access to. And I think the shortest hold at that point was at least three months. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's still uh, how it is. That's still how yeah. it is now at the bigger libraries. But luckily, the library that I work in is not a huge library. And you can't have a ton of digital books checked out at one time. So it's perfect. I was able to get this relatively quickly digitally not a print copy geez the list is forever long on the print copies but i got it and i was able to read it i have the print copies but i generally prefer a graphic novel in print it's easier to read a graphic novel in print it really really is 
I do have like the DC app, the Marvel app. We do have Comicsology as well, and they're really they do make comics very easy to read, especially for new readers because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll take you to the right panel. But yeah. I do prefer a paper. So, and to be honest, it was my intention to buy them anyway. Confession though, <laughs> I took my husband to the bookstore on his birthday with the intention of splurging, and he came away with. Zero, read it, zero books. <laughs> and I came away with all four heartstoppers. <laughs> so happy unbirthday to me. <laughs> it's almost your birthday, though. We're getting close it's, to your birthday. We are, we are. And this is exciting because this is the first book of the new um, book theme for the book club. It is. It's which exceptionally is British. Excessively pretty. <laughs> So good. Because it's my birthday month and I get to pick the theme. So I picked Exceptionally British. Yes. <laughs> Exceptionally, excessively. Both of them. Wonderfully. <laughs> Excellently so, British. Excellently British. <laughs> it is. And that is your theme. And this is not the only book that will fit our theme this month. No. It's very. a good month. It's a very good month. It's a good month, yeah. We have a lot of good are. things. We have excellent tears, thank you very much. Yeah, we really, really do. We really do. <laughs> we should probably get started. Even though this summer is very short, we should still get started. We should. We should. All right. January. Charlie Springs Phone shows several text messages from Ben with suggested locations to meet at school. Truham Grammar School for Boys to make out. Now, when the first bell rings, Charlie heads off to room B25 to meet his new form group, Hamlet 5, led by Mr. Lang. On Mr. Lang's seating plan, he has Charlie sitting next to Nicholas Nelson, who is in year 11, a year older than Charlie. For four days, Charlie and Nick exchange pleasant greetings, which confuses Charlie and makes him very paranoid considering the bullies he's had to deal with in the past. During morning registration, Nick's fountain pen explodes and ink goes everywhere. Mr. Lang sends him to clean up and asks Charlie to accompany him to open the doors. They chat and bemoan the cat food smelling science teacher, Mr. Hutchins, who Charlie currently has and who taught Nick the previous year. The blue ink won't come off. So the joke that maybe Nick could pull off the ink as a new fashion statement or a tattoo? Yeah, probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I love the panel where he's like, you know, Charlie is sitting over to himself, like kind of worried, daydreaming, whatever is happening. And Nick's just sitting next to him with his hands up and they're both, everything's blue. And he's just like, oh, it was really good. It's so relatable. When the bell rings, Charlie checks his phone and sees several messages from Ben. Charlie didn't reply to his message for a hookup, and Ben didn't take it well. Meanwhile, Nick asks if they are friends. Yes. Yes, they are friends. (laughs) This is a strange relationship to Charlie's friend, Tao Zhu, because Nick is a rugby player. He's... (gasps) friends with harry green he calls everyone mate can you please be british and say this word what is this word he's a chav what is a chav 
Um, a chav is just basically someone who wears a lot of um sports gear. Um, goes around calling people mate quite laddish. Um, but we used like... to it used to be boy or girl. You know, it's 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 a multi. It it, it it's not a gendered term, but okay. um, quite. So I see a common. So like a non gendered British dude bro? Uh no. Dude no. bro is Douchey. quite yeah. It's a stereotype. Okay. For a person who generally wears athletic gear, usually tracksuits. Okay. Um and they have quite loutish behaviour. Okay. They like to travel in groups. Okay. They wear a lot of flashy jewellery, and it's that really big, chunky stuff that looks excessively cheap and nasty. Okay. Um, like like Eggsy in Kingsman when it first started? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he was a chav. Okay. That is a perfect... Oh, chav is short for chava as well. <laughs> I don't know what that means either. It's the same thing. Chav and chava is the same it's thing. It's so British. It's excessively British. <laughs> I saw the word. I I laughed long and hard, and I made sure it was in your paragraph. Thank you. You're so kind. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> okay, whatever. Chav aside, Nick <laughs> is nice to Charlie, and no, Charlie hasn't fallen for him. Yes, he has. Nick is probably straight anyway. Then on Charlie's way home from school, he sees Ben being all lovey-dovey with a girl. That night, Charlie texts Ben and calls off whatever it is that they had. February. During PE, physical education, Charlie (laughs) is beating everyone's time again on the track and Nick is watching from another field. Later, Ben confronts Charlie in the corridor about not returning his texts for two weeks. Ben is not taking Charlie cutting off their hookups well and grabs Charlie and shouts in his face. Mm-mm. Asshole. Mm. Nick happens to be walking by and diffuses the situation, thankfully. Ben is a fellow year 11 and in Nick's opinion is kind of a dick. That's our opinion too. Yes. Anyway, Nick had something to say to Charlie and sorry, Charlie, it is not his undying love and devotion. It's whether or not he'd like to be on the rugby team because he's a really fast runner and would be perfect. Uh, well, uh, Charlie asks to think about it. One week later, Nick is getting ready for rugby practice and being bombarded by his team about Charlie. Why would you want him on the team? He's nice and popular, but is he any good? Does he like sports? He's gay! <laughs> The two are not mutually exclusive. No! Shocking to everyone. When Charlie walks into the locker room, they all fall silent. Nick gives Charlie some of the basic rules as they walk to the pitch, and Miss Singh, their coach, asks Nick to run through the basics with him. Charlie isn't half bad and picks up the throws, passes, and tackles quickly. Day after day, they practice, and Charlie gets better and better. He has impressed Nick, won over the team, and is feeling less self-conscious, even though the older boys remind him of his old bullies. Nick does not like the idea of Charlie being bullied. He likes him and wants him on the team. End sentence. He likes him. 
he wants to mush his face. <laughs> yes. One day after practice, while in the locker room, Charlie receives a text he's none too happy about. It's Ben. Yeah, ben. He wants to meet to talk. Fine. Nick sees that Charlie seems a little off and watches him as he heads to the music room. Ben is waiting for Charlie and instantly he's a jerk yeah. toward him. Ben says he's trying to be nice <laughs> to Charlie and doesn't even believe Charlie wants to stop making out. He says he's just scared of being caught. Really? Mm. Really? Mm. Excuse me? I don't think so. Charlie is openly gay. Ben isn't out yet. They can't call what their hookups are a relationship. And oh yeah, Ben has a girlfriend. Oh yeah. Mm. <sighs> Small details perhaps. No. No. Charlie is convinced that Ben only chose him because he was the nearest gay guy willing to make out with him. Because Ben clearly doesn't give a shit. Nope. Now I'm going to give you a trigger warning here for potential violence. Ben then slams Charlie against the wall and tries to kiss him. Nope. Charlie tells him to stop, but Ben doesn't and comes very physical, very forceful in restraining Charlie. Nope. Fuck that guy. Thankfully, Nick comes into the room and pulls Ben off Charlie, pushing him away and telling him to fuck off. Pissed, Ben walks away. Charlie is very upset and Nick is very concerned. He heard everything that happened, but doesn't judge Charlie. He saw that Charlie looked stressed earlier and just wanted to make sure he was okay. Charlie apologizes, but Nick tells him he has nothing to be sorry for. Nick is then super adorably cute, which cheers Charlie up as they walk out of school together. Charlie berates himself for being an idiot on the walk home. Meanwhile, Nick is preoccupied on his drive, thinking of Charlie's smile. It's <laughs> so cute. It's so unbearably cute. <sighs> that night, Nick is sitting in bed looking at Charlie's social media. He remembers ten months prior when Charlie was outed. The news spread like wildfire mm. through the school. Nick opens a messaging app and after a couple of false starts, sends a message to Charlie checking up on him. Charlie is in his bedroom playing on his electronic drum kit when the message comes through. He promises he is fine, but when Nick pushes, it takes five minutes for him to respond. Is he fine? Is he? Mm. After a few more friendly, non-forceful messages from Nick, Charlie spills the whole story about Ben. When he was out as gay, it was bad. Eventually, some sixth formers got the bullies to stop, and one day, while he was playing drums before registration, Ben came into the room and told him how brave Charlie was. One thing led to another, and they started kissing. They were just make-out sessions, though Charlie thought they had a secret romance. But it turns out Ben has a girlfriend and was just using him, so he broke things off. Ben was not pleased and kept pestering until that afternoon when everything happened. Nick doesn't want Charlie to see Ben again and says he'll kick his ass if he comes near him, which she gets no argument from Charlie. When they sign off for the night, they both send heart emojis. The incident has brought Charlie and Nick closer together as friends. As friends for now. And now that
they text all the time, they eat lunch together, and they have flirty rugby practice. <laughs> Tao points out to Charlie that Nick is straight, and he's playing a dangerous game. Mm. He needs to let that straight boy go. It's causing him too much pain. Charlie knows, but he doesn't want to. We don't want you to. No, stop it. March. Charlie and Nick are sitting in registration. Nick is trying to find a picture of a cheesecake he made for his grandma. And instead, he shows Charlie a picture of his dog, Nelly. <laughs> this is freaking delightful. I love Nelly. Charlie would love a dog, but his parents won't allow it. So Nick invites him over on Saturday to meet Nelly. <laughs> Charlie is a little nervous, excited about going to Nick's, especially as he's had a haircut and he's not sure about it. His sister, Tori, sees absolutely no difference in his hair. None whatsoever. As he leaves, she gives him a knowing look. Tori sees all. Tori knows all. Nellie greets Charlie with lots of excited woofs, and Nick is just as excited to have his new friend over too. Nick's mom gives him a cup of tea, and they play Mario Kart for a while until it starts snowing. They take Nellie for a play in the snow, make snow angels, and have a snowball fight. When they get back to Nick's house, Charlie is soaked through and borrows a hoodie from Nick. Eventually, Charlie has to head home. And later, over a cuppa, Nick's mom mentions how nice Charlie is and how very different he is from Nick's other friends. She also mentions that Nick seems more himself around Charlie, which surprises him. Later, he keeps looking at pictures on his phone that he took of Charlie as they played in the snow and starts to wonder. Meanwhile, Charlie returns home and confesses to Tori that he's fallen for a straight boy. Oh no. She hugs him tight. What a good big sister. Next Saturday, Nick comes to Charlie's house. Nick attempts to play on Charlie's drum kit and is terrible. <laughs> so Charlie shows him how to play by holding his hands over the drums. Oh my god. It's such a stereotype, but I love it. Charlie gets up nervously and starts to work on homework, which results in a player fight. Some pinning and unintentional hand holding. <laughs> It's delightful. They decide to play Mario Kart until Charlie's family comes home. Oliver, Charlie's six-year-old brother, is in instant awe of Nick. Later that night, Charlie falls asleep as they're watching Back to the Future. Nick looks down at the space between them and sees Charlie's hand. Carefully, he holds it for a moment before Charlie wakes up. Before Nick heads home for the night, he gives Charlie a big hug. Tori pops up from nowhere and tells Charlie that she doesn't think Nick is straight Mm -mm. meanwhile (laughs) Nick arrives home and is a little short with his mom because he has a lot on his mind opening his laptop Nick spends hours looking up how to tell if you're gay and I like girls but now I like a boy everything is overwhelming and he goes to bed begging for help oh bless him (sighs) 
April. Two weeks later, Charlie is sitting on the rugby sideline bench texting Tao. He tells Tao he thinks that Nick might like him. <gasps> They've hung out every day over the Easter break, and Nick has become more physical, and they hug now. <sighs> Tao breaks the news that Nick has fancied a girl from Higgs School for years, Tara Jones. While Charlie has been preoccupied, his team won, and Nick celebrates by hugging and swinging Charlie around. <laughs> Nick's supposed crush on a girl plays on Charlie's mind. As the team is leaving, one teammate, Sai, points out to fellow team members Christian and Ortis that Nick has a crush on Charlie. It's obvious. <laughs> but Nick isn't gay, is he? He doesn't look gay. Miss hmm. Singh tells them you can't tell sexuality by appearance. There are more than two options, and it's just plain rude to speculate. Sai can see Nick and Charlie together, and he isn't unhappy with it. Mm-hmm. Yay! Acceptance! My face just wants to melt with just how much adorability is in this. <laughs> Harry Green's birthday party is on Saturday. Nick is going, but wants to make sure Charlie is too. Charlie's invited, but hesitant. However, he's easily persuaded by Nick to go. The hotel hosting the party is huge and grand. The place is packed and the music is turned up to 11. Nick is already there when Charlie arrives and has been waiting for him. They go to the bar area and chat for a while before Harry Green, the birthday boy, drags Nick away to see someone important. Tara Jones, his crush, is here. Oh, Nick isn't interested. They had one kiss at a party when they were 13. Turns out, Tara isn't interested either. And uh, she's at this party with her girlfriend because she's gay. And apparently Harry didn't get the memo. (laughs) Nick doesn't see Charlie walk away. And also doesn't realize that he bumped into Ben. Oh, no. Why is Ben invited? Get out of there, Ben. Stupid Ben. Assholes. Chavs. Club together. (sighs) Tara realises Nick may be sorting out some feelings about his own sexuality when he's overly concerned by Charlie's disappearance and offers to talk about it if he needs to. Right now, however, Nick needs to find Charlie. As he's asking around, Harry asks, is Nick feel sorry for Charlie because he's gay, but Nick won't stand for it and calls Harry out as a pathetic homophobe, self-obsessed dick before storming down the hall. All things we knew and were shouting already. Yep. Eventually, Nick finds Charlie in the main function room. Charlie tells Nick he ran into Ben, but didn't take any of his bullshit and got quite forceful with him. The message seems to have gotten through this time. They decide to find somewhere quiet, and after Nick leads Charlie by the hand across the (laughs) dance floor, they have a play race to a huge gallery room. Nick is able to tell Charlie that Tara was a silly, childish kiss, and he doesn't like her like that. He has feelings, but not for a 
Charlie gently coaxes Nick about liking a boy, and slowly their hands and feet start nudging together. Charlie asks if Nick would kiss someone who wasn't a girl, and would Nick kiss him? Yeah, he would. (laughs) They have a gentle but awkward first kiss. But then they kiss again with more vigor, and it's so great. (laughs) They are suddenly interrupted, however, by someone calling out for Nick. Harry has a few words for him. The spell has been broken. Nick is awkward again and takes the excuse to leave. Charlie is left alone and crumples to the floor, head in hands, repeating, I'm sorry. No! <laughs> the end of volume one. No! Which is why you know I had to read volume two. <laughs> I've right, got it. Gonna... I've got it ready to go. I'm gonna. We're going to take a break right now and I'm going to go read the we'll second one. We'll take a one. break. You're going to read the second one. We'll come back probably after you finish the fourth. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I do have all the rest of them checked out now. So I could. You should. I could and should read the rest of them. I, I'm fine with this. <laughs> Hi there. I'm Volly, one of the hosts of the Reading Queens podcast. If you love books, fandom discussions, and having a good time, join your new internet friends as we take on such topics and more. Hosted by a group of published authors, Reading Queens is a podcast for every book lover. Every week, we get together to blab about our favorite books, why we love them, and the book boyfriends we wish were real. You can find the episodes on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms, with a new episode launching every Wednesday. Thanks. Now back to the show. So we're back from our break now. Have you finished the book? I have. You gave me enough time. No, I haven't yet. Oh my gosh. I wish. I've been back to the 90s and, and come back again. It's fine. No, I haven't finished yet. Because really, realistically, everyone, we don't take long breaks. We don't even take a break at all. At all, we don't take a break. We keep no. talking the entire time. And if you join our Patreon bonus tier, you can see what we talk about. <laughs> this one was especially ridiculous. It was really good. It was high quality information. <laughs> and it was Gold. exceptionally British. It was exceptionally British. It matches the theme and the book. It's fine. Yep. It worked. It was all tied in. It was relevant. But only the Patreon bonus tier members get to know about it. So, Ha-ha. shrug. All right. Shrug. So, I just want to, I just want to say that clearly, you like this book a thousand times more than I did, and that's not to say that I didn't like the book because I loved the book. And I thought it was adorable, but. This is another one where you're like squeeing and you love it. So what are your standout moments? What like page one to page end? Yes. I do actually like the fact that all the volumes are just one continuous story. There's no break in the page numbers. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about that as you were reading it. You were like, I just started book two, but it's page whatever. Like, oh, that's really yeah, cute. Just I continue, like it. 
chapter numbers continue. It just all continues through. It's one big lump story. Um, this kind of harkens back to when we had the conversation with Travis Baldry mm-hmm. about just like a chicken soup kind of book. Yes. Where there's nothing overly dramatic that's happening. It's dra- There is drama in it to the extent that you have to have an element of drama right. to take place for it to be a, in a piece of you know workable fiction. Um, but this just feels like chicken soup. It's just delightful. You know these characters are going to end up together, but it's how they're going to end up together. And the the teenagers in a British school, there's only so much, you know, and it's just a regular British school. They're not at Hogwarts or anywhere like that. There's not going to be trolls suddenly invading. We're not going to have a dystopian future. You know, it's just two boys in a regular boys' school in the UK and how they, you know, get together. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I say simple, but I don't mean that in any kind of derogatory right. sense. It's just the concept is just nice. You know, if you look at the back of the book, the tag is, is like, boy meets boy, they become friends, then they become boyfriends, something along those lines. And it's, it's true. And it's nice just to not have to worry that anything that's going to happen not worry that your favorite character is just going to suddenly you know throw themselves in front of the bullet yeah it's safe it's precious it's precious yes and i was talking to my husband about it um today because I, I did force him to watch half of the netflix um and I say force. He 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 fell into it, and he was a willing victim. <laughs> it, was, it was so heartwarming. I mean, it's just nice to have this kind of book that's there for the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. because it's it it provides that that essential story of normality yes. and saying you know when you're looking for that identity. So you you know the bit where Nick goes home. And he starts looking up, am I gay? Mm-hmm. I used to like girls, but now I like boys. There's just so many people in the world who are having to do that. Yeah. And frankly, Google's not the best resource for that no, kind of thing. it's really not. It's going to take you to some very bad places. There's some good re- There's some good information on sure. there. There are some good resources and people and um, outreach programs that are there. Yeah. But are you going to get those straight away? No. Exactly. Whereas somebody could go to a library. I know. That is just what I just wanted wanted to talk about. So, yes. Well, we'll lead into that then. Somebody can go to a library. They could download the e-book. They can read it to friends. They could stand in a bookshop Mm -hmm. and read this book and know they're not alone. Yeah, that's... And that... That's one of my favourite things about it is that it's just normal... It's just yeah. normal. And like you were saying, you know, there's no fantasy elements or whatever. And it's just it's just real. And it's what actually happens in real life. And normally, you know, with both of us, realistic fiction and romance are like bottom of our list. But this is just so precious and adorable. Yes. And it... It needs to be read. It needs to be read. It needs to be enjoyed. And like you were saying, going to a library. Like, yeah, 
here in the United States, I think it's probably a little bit different just based on mm. what you've told me about your public libraries over there. Yes. You know, libraries here, 99% of them are safe spaces for the LGBT community. And this is just, you can just go. And if you have questions, you can ask people at the library and they'll point you where you need to go and help you find everything that you need and you can fit in and you can be safe and you can be cared for and you can just fit right in and it's perfectly fine and that's one of the main reasons yeah. why I like working at the library yeah yeah to be that safe mm -hmm. space for people who need it there are libraries of classes libraries of sanctuary in the UK mm. and the, the assigned um, sanctuary status by like an outside organization for different reasons mm -hmm. um there, you know, there, there have been like, as, uh, and it's always because they're proactive mm -hmm. in like the LGBTQ community, or um, in uh, anti-racist mm -hmm. um behaviors and stuff like, just things like that. Yeah. You know, really nurturing safe spaces. Yeah. Um, it's purely because public libraries are not as prevalent as what they used to be, which is the damn shame in the UK that they're not as prevalent. But I remember my school librarian at secondary school mrs barris and she provided a safe space for so many people mm -hmm. she was fully inclusive if she knew you were going through any kind of like bullying or anything like that you could go and talk to her and um it's quite similar to what happens to charlie in the tv show which is a slight difference he has a safe space teacher she was an equivalency she has a safe space that if you needed to go there over a lunch break yeah. she would welcome you with open arms i feel like if we were getting back to the book miss singh could probably be that if that were a Definitely. thing in the book i really i think that she was my favorite you know she was just there you know a couple of panels just like hey guess what what you're saying is not cool and you should probably stop talking about it. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, if you, that's just, that's what teens need sometimes is an adult who knows and who cares and is like, hey, mm-mm. And then they go, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. So I really, yeah, no, I, I agree. really appreciated uh, Miss Singh. Yeah. I liked um, Nick's mum. I, I, I kind of felt like reasons. Nick's mom she looked older to me so i was thinking maybe it's like his grandma or something it's, it's his, his mom. mom okay it's his mom there are grandparents and you know extended family are mentioned but no that is his okay. mom who's played by olivia coleman in the tv show how scary must that be being a young actor and going yeah your tv mom's olivia coleman yeah like um oh my i read God. about that in some of when i was looking for background information and they were she's being asked about like casting for the show and she said that like it took a while to find the perfect charlie and nick but they um they also asked if there was any person like that they could pick to be a part of the show she's like oh it was olivia coleman that's the only person that we wanted and then we knew someone who was like hey do you want to do this and she was like yeah <laughs> and so everyone was really, really pleased with that outcome. 
the the story I heard and the like I saw a clip of it as well and didn't hear the sound on was um during a rehearsal um between um the actor I cannot remember the name, sorry, who played Nick and Olivia Coleman's the mom and he tells her something and she just breaks mm. down into tears and forgets her lines. <laughs> and he thought she was just being the consummate actor and just you know, these were acting tears. No, they were completely real. She she's just like, Your face is just so cute right now, I just can't take it and it's just she just she was just blown away by him. And you can there's a definite dynamic there, but you you realise you don't really meet Charlie's family in this one apart from Tori. Um who I freaking adore. She just poof appears. And she's like Wednesday Adams. It's just amazing. I just I love Tori. She just poof appears, totally reads him, throws the truth at him, but nicely. And then like almost floats away. She's just amazing. I love Tori. Um but Nick has a very positive relationship with his yeah. mum. And this is something that we don't see a lot in YA fiction, it feels right. like. Where the parents aren't all assholes. Yeah. And they're all alive and, like, involved in their children's lives? Yeah. <laughs> what? It's weird. <laughs> and that's the other thing as well, that we... Uh, one of our constant complaints is lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Nick communicates with Charlie. Yeah. Like, he he reaches out. He does the... He's a gentle nudge. Are you okay? Are you sure you're fine? He knows there's something right. wrong. And he's just trying to be that present friend yeah. for for Charlie, and that's again one of the things I absolutely adore about this is the fact that it's this this, this communication. We always shout how if we were in that situation, or if we knew somebody in that situation, or you would talk it through, but they actually do, and it's brilliant. <laughs> actual conversation it's your favorite part of any story it is i like it when the talk i like it when they're honest with yeah. each other it's amazing and it, it just proves that it can be done and why can't it be done why does why does fiction have to be filled with lies and mistruths <sighs> And withholding of information, you know, you can, you can, it's it's like I was reading something the other day and it was like about romance. It's like, do I have to have a third act when there's a breakup? And it was on Twitter and all the threads were coming through. All the comments were like, no, you don't have to have a romance where the third act is a breakup. You need to have the tension of the third act because that's the point of the third act. But you can actually have the situation where the tension occurs and they have a conversation. They don't break up, but they might need to take some time to process. And that can be tense Mm -hmm. enough. That can be the tension Mm -hmm. that you need. And again, it falls into this chicken soup for the soul of books. It's just so precious. It's so precious. It is. And I think it's just, it's just those little things, but are huge for me. And it's it's just a relief to finally find them. And they're all in one book. It's adorable. It's delightful. It's delightful. It's precious and it delightful. Is. 
Um, do you know, I need to tell you my favorite panels. And um, yes. I already talked about one that I really, really liked, and that was Nick with his exploded pen and his hands. And he was just like covered in ink. I loved that. And I also really, really, really liked the Back to the Future panels when they were clearly watching Back to the Future and there were only like one or two scenes where you could see the TV in the background and even without saying let's sit down and watch Back to the Future you know that's what they're watching because the tiny little scenes that were drawn was it was perfect and everyone knows how much I love Back to the Future so when I saw it I was like yes Back to the Future they're watching Back to the Future I love it I loved it I loved it. It took me ages to realise that it actually said Back to the Future on like the DVD box in front mm, of the TV mm-hmm. because I saw the car. Mm-hmm. I saw Jennifer and Michael J. Yeah. Fox. You saw Marty McFly. in his shirt with his suspenders. Yes. Everything. You're just like, they're watching, they're watching Back, to, Back the to the Future. You have excellent taste, Nick. I love it. <laughs> so good. I also really loved the awkward rugby teaching and the awkward drumming teaching. Because they were just so yes. adorable. Yes. It's adorably awkward. There was a lot of... There was the, 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 the lot of way, the panels as well didn't have any dialogue. Yeah. So you, you have to pull the story from the images. And that's excellent storytelling. Yeah. Excellent storytelling when it's just in, in the picture form. Um, there was something I quite liked... Where it's just like the you know the leaf motif mm-hmm. is all the way mm-hmm. through, they actually put that in the TV Aww. show as well. They, they continue that through, and it's beautiful. Um, it it just you know it just helped having those in the in the panel like demonstrate time or mm-hmm. you know even emotion. It just kind of like it was such a simple kind of concept, but I've never seen it before, and I really enjoyed yeah. it. My favorite panels were the ones where Tori just suddenly poof appears and it actually had like poof on it was just it was just magnificent <laughs> Tori was pretty great it's just the simplicity of it really it's just a, but it's also the simplicity mm-hmm. of it as well it's not it's not coloured it's just a black and white but you, you, it conveys so yeah. much it's just delightful it is there's nothing there's nothing else to say. It's delightful or precious. Take your take yes. your pick. Precious and delightful. Um, I also while we're talking about like things that we really liked, mm-hmm. I loved Nick calling out Harry's homophobia. Yes, I thought that was fantastic. I also really liked Nick, um, pulling Ben away from Charlie. Like he knew. He knew there was something going on with his friend. He wanted to keep him safe. And then he encounters this and he's like, hey, nuh-uh. And like pulls him away. Stop doing that. It's not okay. Get out of here. I really liked that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was so well done. And it was, again, refreshing to have that where the instant comeback of your behavior is unacceptable. Yeah. What you're doing is not okay. You need to stop. Yeah. I felt really frustrated with Tao. I like Tao as the character, mm-hmm. but I felt very frustrated with him because 
it was it was kind of this ongoing thing. I was like, well, they don't look gay. Yeah. They what? don't look gay. They don't act gay. Well, I'm sorry. Like we said in the summary, being gay or bisexual or having any other sexuality other than heterosexual doesn't say it mean you can't do sports. Yeah. Shockingly enough, you know? it's normal. Yeah. It's just so frustrating. And you would, you kind of, I don't know if it was a, an unfair assumption of Tao. You know what? He has a gay friend. You find out they also have a trans friend. Hmm. Um, you would think he would be a bit more enlightened. And I don't mean to be unfair to him, but, you know, he's judging yeah. Nick straight off the bat. He's a chav. He's one of the lads. He's got mates. He's a rugby fella. <laughs> there we go. There's the excessive British <laughs> section. He he is obviously straight. He is obviously British. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, straight white boy. And he's he's it's, it's it feels like a very unfair judgment. And you can see in all of the panels when it's Nick and Charlie's quote-unquote friendship. <laughs> Excuse me? That is too adorable to be a friendship. Really? They, they, they are far too flirty. So much There's flirting so much all the time. Physical. It's not even just like, it's not even like make, it's hand-holding, it's touching each other's arms, things just take, you know, a few seconds too yeah. long, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, Tori literally saw it for two seconds. Yeah, he's like, not hey, straight. And I just, I, I, so I feel like I, I might be unfairly judging Tao, but honestly, is he seeing what he wants to see? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know I was surprised by something? What? I was surprised to learn that they're 14 and 16. And I don't like that. I know, I know, but the reason why I don't like it is because I want them to be older so they can just grow up and get married. <laughs> they're too they're too little to get married right now, so they just need to grow up and just spend the rest of their lives together. But at 14, not everyone can make that decision at age 14, and I just want them to be grown-ups and live happily ever after but you're 14 you're I, a baby i went to school with a couple like i went um, the, one of them i was all the way from nursery mm-hmm. school all the way to secondary school and you know our other friendship group were all is the same and there was a boy and a girl and they started dating at 14 that's adorable but that doesn't always happen with everyone and i just want charlie and nick to be happy forever i need them to be forever i need to be i need them to be all men together with their dogs and i need charlie to still be kicking nick's ass at mario kart 78 i need that to happen so precious i need them to do some cosplay as well yes some back to the future yes We'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, it, I only mention that because it is a possibility. But you know, they are young, they're in the first flushes of love. 
and is a first love and it's finding out who yes. they are. And I, it's not just Nick finding out if he is gay or bisexual or what. It's not just it's just, just Nick having that first encounter and trying to work out his own sexuality. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Charlie knows. Charlie's still learning a lot about himself because yeah. he's only 14 yeah. you know turns turning 15 he's still learning a lot he might know he's gay but does he know himself like his personalities attitude yeah. there's still a lot of learning and you you'll get that in later books as well you can tell there's a lot of development because they're only little babies they're sweet just... babies and it's precious and they have to be happy together forever <laughs> Yeah, I think my surprise is probably Tao. Like his yeah. attitude, just like linking it yeah. back there. That was probably my yeah. mine. But yeah, I agree. It's just I want them to be older, but then at the same time, I really enjoy the fact that they are these mid-teens. Yes, because it's such a good thing to be able to say. Yes, this. That's yeah. Alone. That's the reason why I'm okay with it. Other than you know, just the fact that it's adorable and precious. Is that like. It's it's real. It's real. And this is what is happening to kids in school. And this is what is happening. They're coming into themselves. They're discovering who they are. And they need to see it normalized in books and TV. As I hit my microphone. It needs... Yeah. It well, needs it's, it's, it's normal. And it needs to be normal. This is why representation matters so much. And if I get to enjoy these stories too, it's so much right. better. <laughs> Sorry, selfish woman. <laughs> How dare you enjoy things that are precious? Just like literally, my face wants to melt with the cute and adorableness of them. I just can't even. I just can't even. I think that that's a perfect place for us to stop and play. Would you rather? Yes, please. We asked on social media, would you rather play Mario Kart or watch Back to the Future? Wow, we got a lot of responses. Yeah, we did. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you, everyone on social media. On Facebook, 72% of you are watching Back to the Future. On Instagram, 69% are playing Mario Kart. On Twitter, 57% are watching Back to the Future. And on TikTok, 64% are playing Mario Kart. So fairly even with that. We have lots of comments. So we just dive in. So John on Facebook said... Mario Kart, all day, every day. Bree on Facebook said, watch Back to the Future. I would rather not get my butt handed to me over and over. That's me every Wednesday night, Bree, <laughs> on Mario Kart. <laughs> Drew on Facebook says, as much as I'm a god at Mario Kart, it does get very boring after a while. And Back to the Future, I could watch over and over. Drew, we're calling you out. You need to prove no. it. We're going we to, have to have a book club we Mario need Kart to have night. A fictional hangover Mario Kart night for sure. Yeah. Coral on Facebook said, have to go with watching Back to the Future. That's easy. Playing video games, not so good. Lose every time. 
Colin on Facebook said, I have had some very good times playing Mario Kart with friends over the last couple of years, which has kept me relatively sane, so I've got to go for that. Annie on Facebook says, Back to the Future for young Michael J. Fox. Jennifer on Facebook said, I love Mario Kart, but I literally get up and interact with Back to the Future while it's playing. And I used to dream of being a mad scientist growing up. Maybe I think I still I think do. Jennifer is a mad scientist. She is. If it's any, if going by the, the gish steampunk yeah, picture, she is. Uh, Real Jackson Ford on Instagram said Mario Kart never got on the whole Back to the Future train, uh, which I say you're wrong. And I say wicked all. <laughs> Dragonheart nine nine five five on TikTok said Mario Kart brings back so many childhood memories. Back to the Future is a great movie, but I'd take playing with my family who I'd forced to play. <laughs> Ethan one six two thousand seven on TikTok said I've already seen Back to the Future, so Mario Kart. I've played it before, but not on something that I own. So you can play Mario Kart over and over again, but you can't watch Back to the Future over and over again? Wrong. I dispute this. I dispute this. <laughs> we had some good library comments as well. Yes. yes. Play Mario Kart. It's so fun to play with others. I don't play video games. Back to the Future all the way. Watch Back to the Future. I love all the movies, especially the second one. Yes, I agree. The second nice. one is also my favorite. There's one comment, though, at the library that we took issue with. I need to know who this I person know. is, and we need to I rectify need to find out. This. I need to investigate myself. I don't like one. Haven't watched the other. So Back to the Future, I suppose. What do you mean you haven't watched it? And you don't like Mario Kart? What's wrong with you? I gotta find out who it is. There's just there's just some people in this world that can't be seen. So what are you doing? I don't know. This is this really is so hard. hard. You know when we talked about this would you rather and we came up with it and we're like, oh my god, this is cool. This yep. is perfect. It was just it was an easy one to come up with, really. But it's so hard it to is. answer. Like, Mario Kart is my Wednesday night thing with friends yep. online. And I am freaking terrible at it. However, I have won the past couple of weeks. I have actually seen a marked improvement. It's not going to last. I'm taking the joy sure. while I can. I have literally taken photographs of the, the, yes. the victories. Because I know it's not going to last. And it, you know... It's actually helped me reconnect with these friends because not that we are strange, but we just we live, uh, you know, a forty-five up to a forty-five minute car journey mm -hmm. away from each other, which I know for America is no. not that far, but in the UK, you know, it can be. Um, so we don't get to see each other that often, but we know every Wednesday night we will call each other terrible yes. names. We will message each other these terrible yeah. names. I have multiple times cursed their lineage on. <laughs> the Wednesday night and it's just it really helped like bring us back you know really reinforce mm -hmm. our friendship and it's it's wonderful but then it's freaking back to the future man I know 
I I don't know. I do, I'm so struggling well, with this. Can I say I'll play Mario Kart on a Wednesday night and I'll watch Back to the Future with you? Yes, you can say that. You can. I was going to say that we are the lords and masters of our own universe. And, you know, they do both in the book, so we can do both as well. Yeah, screw it. Yep. We're giving ourselves that out. Though, you know what I'll say? If I were answering truthfully... I would watch the back. I would watch Back to the Future. Yes. No. I. I can. Yeah. I've got a. I've got a real craving to watch the Back to the Future trilogy. We watch them all the time. Put them on in the background. Oh, it's on. It's Back to the Future. I remember when I was on holiday this year, and do you remember I messaged you and said we're in a rest an American themed restaurant. And they've got very good mm-hmm. entertainment, and they were had Back mm-hmm. to the Future on. I had literally no conversation with my family because I was just watching Back to the Future all through this meal on these big screens. It's so. That good. was the last time I watched Back to it's the Future. So good, I love Back to the Future. Yes, it's chicken soup for your eyeballs. It is. Okay, <laughs> next question. Would you rather be good at a sport or be able to play a musical instrument? Easy. Musical instrument. I'm not a sporty person. I like yoga. This is a known fact about me. And I'm not too bad for my size to be able to get into some of these positions. I can touch my toes. But I've always wanted to be able to play a musical instrument. I have a ukulele. It's a very nice ukulele. Her name is Luna. But I'm not a great player of instruments. And I've always wanted to be able to play a musical instrument. I don't have that ability at all. No. It's kind of like, you know, we were talking um, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Suki. And in all the Suki books, Suki always says, like, I can't sing, but I sure can dance. Well, that's how I feel about musical instruments. Like I, like I can keep rhythm. I can count music. I sure can dance, but I can't play a musical instrument. Like I just, it doesn't. Yeah. It, that does not compute. And I'm yeah, not same. very good at sports either. But I have played some obscure ones. You know, like bowling and roller derby. So I. I think I'm just going to pick being good at sports because, like, I, I know without a doubt I can at least sport a little bit, but I cannot musical instrument at all. See, that's exactly why I'm going for musical instrument because I know I can't. It's just it's just so foreign for my yeah. fingers to, like, form the necessary movements yeah. I would I would I would love to be able to play a musical instrument and I know in both instances you're not too young too old right to really not we could we could do it if we wanted to but then we wouldn't have time to read as many books as we read so hey if you want a podcast every week something's, something's gotta, gotta give. give so we're giving up our future in sports to bring you fictional hangover every week. <laughs> We're doing that for you. It's a sacrifice we're willing to make. Sports. Oh, so I know. Oh my god. 
go sports. Uh, <laughs> would you rather play in the snow or go to a party? Is it a costume party? Whatever party you want. If it's a costume party, I would rather go to a party. It's a costume Halloween party. Yes, I would definitely rather go to a costume Halloween party. Playing in the snow is fun. It is really fun, and I enjoy it whenever it happens. And I still play in the snow now as, you know, a grown-up, a childless grown-up. I love to play in the snow whenever it snows. And anytime it snows enough, like, we go outside and we build a snowman or something. And I will always do it. But everyone knows how much I like dressing up in costumes. If it's a costume party, I'm there. Yeah, it's a costume party. It's even Halloween if you want it to be. If it's a regular party, though, nah. Nah. It has to have, like, some sort of theme. Remember, Something. lords and masters yeah. of our universe. So we haven't stipulated the party. You can That's stipulate true. what the party is. Do you know, several years ago, I had a Back to the Future party? And <gasps> we dressed up as Back to the Future characters i was marty mcfly in his leather jacket and fuchsia shirt and fedora with sunglasses i feel like you might have sent me this picture i probably have i probably have yeah this is starting to ring bells yeah it was a good time and i had a friend who dressed up as jennifer and she was wearing flowery jeans and we had (laughs) we had tabs we had tab soda Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it was wow. good. And I made that's commitment to the bit. I made the um, welcome home, Uncle Joey cake. <laughs> ah, that's amazing! <laughs> that's amazing. It was fun. Oh my we god. had a good time. Do you have like um, the secret cinemas in the US? The, the 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 it's you would freaking love it. So you buy a ticket to the Secret Cinema. And I mean generally speaking they're down south. Um and then they start to send the invites and they'll send hints and tips and things all themed about the movie and suddenly you'll find out what the movie is. And I'm sure one of them was Back to the Future. Oh that's fun. So then everybody goes dressed up, full costume, full cosplay to go and watch the movie and have a party and everything. I would love to do that. I would adore to do that. They've done James Bond, I know. I know that, I'm know. i sure they've done a Back to the Future. I'm trying to remember the other ones. You know what else would be fun? I think there's a Moulin Rouge as well. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Indiana Jones would be good. Gosh, yes. I'm trying to remember which ones, but yeah, I've, I've seen them advertised loads. Um, but I've never had the chance to go to one. We kind of like ummed and aahed about it and then the pandemic hit. Mm, yeah. And they had to stop them because it's yeah. just not feasible. So, but yeah, I'm... I'm <sighs> snow. I'm not the biggest fan of snow. I don't mind playing in the snow. I don't like driving in the snow. Yeah. So if I can have it as a snow day, then I'm fine. Yeah. Believe it or not, I get a lot of social anxiety when it comes to parties. Like... People, people don't think I do. They think, oh, no, you're an extrovert. You're fine in these social situations. Oh, no, I'm whimpering on the inside. Um, I'm fine if it's a bunch of people that I'm happy, close with. Like, you know, we had a birthday party for my husband recently and there was 14 of us and all. Yeah. And every single one was either, you know, a really close friend or related. 
Um, so I was fine those situations. So I think it depends on what kind of party it was because this was like a cinema party. I'd be fine with that. If it was like the party in the books where it's like <laughs> music. Yeah, I don't want to go to that party. No, I've never been that kind of party type person. Mm-hmm. But if it was a costume party, I think that's a different kettle of fish. Yes, I agree. You know, if there's good if there's good music in costume, I can deal with that. Yeah. And yeah. themed snacks. Yes. So snacks uh, must so, be on yeah. theme. So I'll probably go party, but I'm gonna stipulate it has to be either a Halloween party or just a regular costume party. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go with that. Anywho, next question. Would you rather Make out in a library or the music room. Snog in a library or a music room. Library. Not to disrespect the books, but to embrace the environment. Mm, Okay. I vote for neither of these. Look, let me just tell you how many times I have encountered a snog in the library it's awkward it's really awkward but it's super great to be the one to find them and be like hey hi what you doing need help finding anything don't look inside her pants for what you're looking for get a room yeah, um... It was always the language section in the library at college. Nobody went in there unless it was to have a snog. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of encountering... That's because you have to disrupt them. I know, it's the worst. If you were if you were 14 slash 16 in the young flush of love in a school library, and let me tell you right now, the school library will be quiet very quiet. I think so's as not to disrespect the books. I think I'm going to go for music room. You going to crash some cymbals. No, I don't like that sound. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Going to beat some drums. Yeah, that's fine. Clear an orbore too. Yeah. I'm going to string quartet. Yeah. Slide whistle. <laughs> Toot the old... <laughs> trombone <laughs> what <laughs> I've just got this image of a kazoo <laughs> damn it anywho would you rather play rugby or run track I would rather I would rather run track sorry I was just thinking about a trombone again and it's it hasn't gone away. We've lost it. Especially We've because lost I it. said toot a trombone and I don't think that's how you play the instrument. It's perfection. <laughs> um, I would rather run track. I have run track. I did run track when I was in school. I would rather run track than play rugby. It's safer. Yeah, rugby's violent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I've seen cauliflower, proper rugby cauliflower ears and their broken noses, and it's it's not pretty. It's not it's a good look. Awful. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, so I'll no. I'll run track. 
Okay, so if you are running track, what sort of track event would you prefer to do? You know, assuming that you're like a stellar athlete and all of that. Okay, I'm going to the Olympics. Yes. Am I doing the sprint, a marathon, the 400 meters, the a doing dash? Doing hurdles? Are you pole vaulting? Are you shot putting? You throwing a discus? I wasn't too shabby at the javelin jump. at school. Mm. I nearly took a teacher out at school. Accidentally. Sure. I didn't mean to hit him. So you're going to throw a javelin? <sighs> yeah. Because if I, every time I think of shot put, I think of um, the teacher out of Matilda. Mrs. Trunchbull. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. yeah. And she's terrifying. Yeah. And as fun as that would be. Yeah. I did do a high jump once. And I wasn't too shabby at that. It, I must have had a good day. I tried to pole vault once and it did not work. Man <laughs> was not made to pole vault. That's just crazy. The pole in the ground and just went like straight up into the air and then went backwards. <laughs> not even like to the mat, not over anything. Just like oh stick gosh. it in and just fell back. That was, a f- that was fun. I always That's... did uh, distance. I did distance. Distance. Yeah. I so, hated doing the marathons. We had like, well, we had to do, it wasn't a marathon, but it was a cross country. Yeah. And it was nigh on a half marathon, which was horrible. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I, that's what I did um, when I was in school. It was cross country running the first half of the year, like in the cooler months, because, mm. you know, you want to be cooler because you're running ridiculously long distances. And then it was track in the warmer months in like the spring semester. So, yeah, I did both of those things. Mm, no, I used to, I, I remember doing the 100 metres. I mm-hmm. quite, I didn't mind that so much. And my one thing I remembered actually accomplishing, I was so slow. Like, I was close to 30 seconds. I fat and unfit. And then I got a bike one summer and I was on my bike constantly over the summer so I lost a bit of weight and actually gained a lot of fitness so then when we returned I could do the 100 meters in like 15 to 18 seconds or something like that and my PE teacher was like what how what's gone on and I was like I got a bike it's like I've got some fitness yay they didn't believe me it's like you're, how can you believe me you're on steroids and then you know the javelin came around and then you hit him with it yeah <laughs> That nearly. I was better at tennis. I, I really enjoyed... I was not bad at basketball. I enjoyed basketball. I was very good at tennis because I've got a strong arm. But I never understood the rules to tennis. No, I don't. I don't think anyone understands the rules to tennis. No. Um, favorite <laughs> final thought quote? Oh. Um, this is England, not Antarctica. Deal with it. Because it's cold. Try and remember. Okay. As much as I would love for you to say this quote, <laughs> I've picked it out because it's so excessively British. <laughs> But you'll understand it because we've talked to Jackson Ford. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
Oh, really? Well, why don't we just pop out for a cheeky Nando's then, mate? I lads, 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 lads. And this one is probably like the the emotional punch one for me. And yeah, I'm just a bit scared of letting everyone down. And I don't even know whether they like me or want me on the team or yeah. Yeah. And that one like really hit home because it's not just a sports thing and it's not just school. It's like you feel like saying sorry Charlie this is life yeah. you are constantly unfortunately going to be feeling yeah. that what about you I really just only have one but it was an entire like paragraph <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah and it's Miss Singh like, you can't tell whether people are gay by what they look like and gay and straight aren't the only two options Anyway, it's very rude to speculate about people's sexuality. Well done, Miss Singh. Well done, Miss Singh. So good. Yes, I like that one as well. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I know I really liked that section too. With I, I, I just like the idea of you sitting there reading it and going, "Freaking cheeky Nando's." I know. I did. <laughs> I did say that, and then there was like. In it and bruv and in it bruv, <laughs> like no, you, you've got you. It's just banner in it, mate. In it bruv. <laughs> it doesn't even come naturally for me to say it because bruv. it's wrong. Like, no, it isn't it's it. so in it bruv. In it mate. So British. <laughs> it's so. It's so common. The the, the inner snob has just come out there. Oh. In it bruv. Brav. Speak properly. It's isn't it, brother? <laughs> it's like when it's like when I was at school, the accent is not to say water; it's go water. And I'll be like, no, it's water. There is a T W A T E O water water, not water water. <laughs> This is the this this is the, the snob coming out, but my mother always taught me to enunciate. This is one of the most British episodes of fictional hangover that there's ever been. <laughs> All right, if you like this, try this. <laughs> Wrap this show up. <laughs> so British. You love it. <laughs> I'm going to go for another Alice Osman one, and it's solitaire. And the reason I've gone for this is because it's Tori's story. Didn't this come first? Tori's story yep. was first, yeah? And it's... Tori's story was first. Charlie and Nick are an established couple in, in the, the book. background, and they're older, yeah? Yes. Okay. They are older. And the um, one... She, she, I read the, uh, an article that said that she was desperate to tell their story in she did the graphic novel okay. there are other there are is, there's a Christmas special Nick and uh, Charlie story mm. there's another two books that's just for them it's not graphic novels they are books and volume five is coming out I believe February, February next year mm-hmm. yep very excited and the yearbook's coming out this year too I know so I've gone for this one because it's Tori and I freaking love Tori 
but it's also the beginning, so I'll be in- very interested to see an older Nick and Charlie and their dynamics. I haven't read it, but it's on my TBR. Yeah. It's called Solitaire. A pessimistic 16-year-old girl, a teenage speed skater with a penchant for solving mysteries, and a series of anonymous pranks at a school by an online group who call themselves Solitaire. Ooh. Ooh. It very much reminds me of uh, Karen M. McManus, the second... Please remind me what the book's called. Bearside book. That has completely gone out of my head. Um, Not One of Us is Lying, the next one. One of Us is Doing Something Else. One of Us is Next. Yes. Yes, One of Us is Next. It reminds me of that because of the online situation, the pranking situation. But also, um, The Final Girl. Yeah. It, it it that, but obviously it's gonna be less horrorish. Without, it's gonna be more without the murder. <laughs> without the murder, it's gonna be a lot more based in um reality. It's a which it's I think more will be an interesting. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting concept though. Yeah. So yes, okay, go and see where it all started. <laughs> all right, so the book that I picked. You were saying at the very beginning, like, oh, I just, I like this one so much because it's normal and it's realistic and it's not dystopian and, yep, uh, that's exactly what my <laughs> my book is. <laughs> um, I read this one several years ago, right after it first came out, and I really, really liked it. Um, it's called More Happy Than Not by Adam Silvera, and Adam Silvera has written so many really, like, powerful great lgbtq books and i believe this was his first so uh more happy than not 16 year old aaron soto is struggling to find happiness after a family tragedy leaves him reeling he's slowly remembering what happiness might feel like this summer with the support of his girlfriend genevieve But it's his new best friend, Thomas, who really gets Aaron to open up about his past and confront his future. As Thomas and Aaron get closer, Aaron discovers things about himself that threaten to shatter his newfound contentment. A revolutionary memory alteration procedure, courtesy of the Lateo Institute, might be the way to straighten himself out. But what if it means forgetting who he truly is? Ooh. And after we finish recording, I'm going to tell you everything that happens in that book. Okay. Okay. Press stop now. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everyone. We have just a little bit more to go. Come on. Stick with it. Okay. Do we have our indie spotlight? Yes. I do have one. How tenuous. It's called the British Empire of Magic. Damn it. It's not so it's exceptionally British. I love it. This this author has just contacted us on uh, through email and has been following us on social media. His name is Joseph J. Jordan, and he actually oh, yes. has a different book that is just coming out. But this was his first trilogy, and when I looked at, at the things that he's written, I, I had to pick this one because it's British. Sorry. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) Okay. British Empire of Magic. 
Prince Jacob is faced with an impossible task. The queen's throne is threatened and her country thrown into chaos. He must choose between his best friend or his destiny to be the next ruler of the British Empire of Magic. Um, the emails that we got from him, like he is also he also has a lot of LGBTQ stuff in his books and mm. so lgbtq british i was like okay that's it that's what we're discussing today in Indies wow Spotlight. you did not have to do a hard I search i didn't it was perfect <laughs> would you like this gift yeah here you go it, it's, it's wrapped in the union jack it, is. it comes with a cup of tea it does it was great it was really good timing so way to go joseph j jordan for contacting us and it was literally like just last week we get an email from oh and i was like oh gosh. my god how can you be more perfect <laughs> that's amazing I know. it was really great i love it so much Me too. okay so that's it for this episode of fictional hangover i'm amanda and i'm claire join us next time as we discuss into the mist by and with PC Cast. Everyone knew this was coming. We talked to PC Cast a couple weeks ago as our with our special mini non-spoilery bonus episode. And now it's finally time. You were warned. <laughs> Look out for our Would You Rather polls on social media. Don't forget about our book club and monthly challenges on Facebook. Be sure to visit our shop on Redbubble at fictionalhangover.redbubble.com for all your favorite fictional hangover-themed merchandise. And become a patron of ours on Patreon at patreon.com slash fictionalhangover. Until next time, remember, the only cure for a fictional hangover is another book. You can find us at fictionalhangover.com, follow us on Instagram at fictionalhangover, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fictionalhangover, and on Twitter at fictionalhangover, no ER. If you'd like this episode, check out our others, a rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss out. And finally, special thanks to Liz Emerson for our music. You can find her on Facebook and Patreon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>